Uh, good morning, friends. It's good, good to see you all. Uh, warm welcome to you all, uh, to those of you that are here in the space and to those of you that are joining us via Zoom. It's lovely to have you all present in whatever way. Uh, before we launch into the service, there's just one administrative thing I need to draw your attention to, uh, and that is our forthcoming AGM. Uh, and on the screen, you will be able to see nominations for Church Secretary, Leslie Dungat, proposed by Yvonne Lingard, seconded by Edward Jones. Church Treasurer, the nominee is Yvonne Lingard, uh, proposed and seconded, as you saw. Uh, and then the, for the diaconate and for Joint Church Council... Gosh, these are going quick, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so Gareth Chapman, Leslie Dungat, uh, proposed and seconded by... Next slide. There we go. Uh, Joint Church Council, Rob Dungert, Nick Lingard, and Douglas Sellers. And I think that's all of them. Thank you. Yeah. So those are the nominees for the positions that need to be filled. We're grateful to those that have allowed their names to go forward. Now, friends, if you're a member of the church, uh, when you attend AGM uh, on Monday... Uh, it, is, it is for you now to use the time to think and pray, are these the right people? Uh, and if you believe they are, then clearly you'll vote for them. So, let us draw near to God. Our call to worship is taken from the book of Revelation. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands Upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand, they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Let us join our voices to the voices of the heavenly host as we sing together, and he shall reign. If you're able, please stand. <coughs> Morning, everybody. Expect big, loud voices, please. (laughs) Sorry, I will start that again. I got the wrong key completely. Shall reign 
do sit down, friends. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for that vision of the reality in heaven with the Lamb who once was slain, enthroned, and the center of worship, center of worship for all of the heavenly beings, and indeed for the whole earth too. And we willingly and gladly join our voices with theirs to sing your praises. You are worthy, as your word reminds us. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because of what you have done. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Lamb who was slain for sinners, for us. For we know that there is nothing that we could say or do that would make us worthy. We know that all of our good deeds are like filthy rags in your sight. And yet you love us. And because you love us, you send your son to die for us. And in this season of Lent, as we consider all that Jesus has done, our hearts overflow with gratitude We've been saved from death, chosen for life by you, chosen to serve. And we pray, Lord, that we will make ourselves available to you in whatever ways are appropriate for you to use. We pray that our witness might be bold and courageous and obvious. We pray that everyone will see the love of God shining through us to them because we know it's not just us that you love but all humanity and indeed all that you have made. Draw near to us and help us we pray. Amen. Amen. Robert. Good morning. I have to say it's a real pleasure to be here this morning. You may hear my voice is not fully recovered, uh, but it's been a very interesting week. Uh, And I would like to say thank you so much as I'm standing at the front for all your prayers and thoughts. That's really been appreciated, so thank you. So I've had time to think, and I've been thinking about our reading, which we will have in just a moment, uh, in which a familiar one in which Jesus befriends someone certainly his followers thought unlikely, a tax collector. And it made me think about friendships, and in particular, how we choose our friends. We all have friends. Maybe we have a large circle of friends. Maybe it's a small circle of friends. But how do we choose them? Well, to help us with that, I thought it might be a bit of fun this morning to uh, put some names on the screen in a moment. Um, Names that will be familiar to you, famous people. So you're not likely to, in reality, to become friends with them. But I want you to consider whether 
you would be their friend or not. You may have a kind of gut reaction to the names. You may, oh, yes, I'd, I'd like that person to be my friend. Or you may think exactly the opposite. You must be kidding. But I want you to think beyond that, perhaps, immediate reaction, to consider why. Why would you choose this person to be your friend, or conversely, not to be your friend? So let's, let's have a go. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up or for a pot, straw pot or anything like that. I just want you to sit quietly and think about it. Why would you choose to have this person as a friend or not? So first up, Bob Geldof, lead singer with the Boomtown Rats, a punk group, and then co-founder of uh, Band-Aid and then Live Aid. Next, Nicola Sturgeon. If you're thinking, who's that? Scottish First Minister, or Scottish Prime Minister, if you like. Probably known to us through seeing her tell Scotland what they should or should not be doing during the pandemic. Thirdly, Mikhail Gorbachev. Now, if that name means nothing to you, he was the last Premier and in the old Soviet Union before it collapsed in the late 80s and 90s. He had a kind of stain mark on his forehead, if that helps you remember him. Mikhail Gorbachev. Next. Rolf Harris. Very popular entertainer in the 60s and 70s. Since disgraced and sent to prison. Next. Katie Price, or Jordan, model-come-TV presenter. Next. Cliff Richard. Surely needs no explanation. Except I will give you one fascinating fact about Cliff Richard. He has sold more singles than any other group or individual in the UK. Quite an achievement. Mind you, he's been going about 100 years. So. <laughs> Next. Donald Trump. Now, I said, would he be a friend or not? Yeah, idiot is not an option, I'm sorry. And then lastly, Dawn French, comedian and actress, perhaps best known as the Vicar of Dibley. Well, I hope you found that an interesting little exercise. Um, but it's not just as individuals we have friends. We have groups of friends. Maybe you're part of a neighbourhood group or a church group. Maybe you have a hobby or an interest and you belong to a club or society. Maybe you meet locally with others. Maybe you meet with other groups. Maybe even wider, you meet with other groups across the country, maybe nationally. Even wider still, maybe internationally. And that then begs the question, can nations be friends? It's a very pertinent question at the moment, isn't it? Indeed, the JCC tomorrow evening will be considering what options and what we can do as a church centre to help our friends in the UK. Uh, in Ukraine.
But um, obviously, the best friend we could have is Jesus. He is always there, always wanting to help us, always willing to forgive. So when the chips are down, sometimes our friends can hurt us by things they say or do. So when it comes to it, when the chips are down, there's only really one question. Whether internationally, locally, or individually, what kind of friend are you? Thank you, Robert. Let's hear from God's Word. So today's reading is from Luke 19, verse 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to, the guest, to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And I would like to do it in Mandarin um, once again. <laughs> yeah. 路加福音十九章一到十节，耶稣见了耶利哥正经过的时候，有一个人名叫撒该，做税吏长，是个财主。他要看看耶稣是怎样的人，只因人多，他的身量又矮，所以不得看见，就跑到前头爬上桑树要看耶稣，因为耶稣必从那里经过。耶稣到了那里，抬头一看，对他说：“撒该，快下来，今天我必住
Uh, We're going to sing together once again. If you're able, please stand. We'll sing only by grace. And at the end of this song, I'll receive the offering. pray. Once again, Father, we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now, Junior Church, are you staying in or are you going out? Going? Nobody's. Staying. Great. Lovely. Do sit down. Excellent. Uh, Just before we move into our prayers of intercession, we have a brief video clip that we want to show you. This has come from uh, BMS World Mission. Uh, 
through. With so many explosions through the window of those For the hours, me and my daughter were lying on the floor, waiting for death. So, um, if you don't mind, what is your name? And where are you from? Why are you here? We are from the epicenter of war. We had many explosions. I live in a district of Kyiv, close to Borispol Airport. We saw many explosions through the windows of our apartment. For 48 hours, me and my daughter were lying on the floor, waiting for death. We heard loud noises. In the last moment, we decided to pack quickly the things we needed the most and just flee the city. The war started on the 24th February, and 48 hours later, we left Kiev. We went to Ternopil and slept in a car. Everything was booked. After a few hours, we went to the border with Poland. As soon as we arrived, there was a 30-mile queue of cars in front of us. We got into a bus, which took us a bit closer to the border. Those who had no tickets had to walk. Tatiana and her daughter had to walk for a further 12 miles to reach the Polish border. And when they got to the border crossing, they had to wait for another 11 hours in the cold. It wasn't until 2 a.m. that they finally crossed to safety in Poland. And for every person like Tatiana who's safe and receiving support, there are thousands of others who need your help. Please, will you give now to provide Ukrainian refugees with the essential items that they need to stay safe and well? All across Europe, Baptist churches are welcoming people fleeing the horror of war, and you can help them to open the doors to safety by giving today. We have no clue for how long this war will last. People wrote to us in a group chat to say that our district has been targeted by landmines. People can't leave buildings. And now we're in this critical situation, but it's not critical for us only, but also for the rest of the world. Some volunteers helped us to find a place to stay here at the Baptist Seminary in Warsaw. We have been here for three days now. We're trying to calm down and think about the future. The Polish people are really good to us. They provide everything we need, but they're running out of space. That's why we ask the whole world to help. Our people are strong, but they need help from the outside. A gift of 11, 30 or 99 pounds can buy essential toiletries, food, shelter and bedding for someone like Tetiana or her daughter. Friends, if you're able to give, obviously that would be the right thing to do. Don't, don't worry about the numbers on the screen. Something is better than nothing. And if you can give something, give something. Let us pray. And of course, Lord, we're going to begin with Ukraine and the people of Ukraine and all that is happening to them. 
We're like everyone else. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. We hear rumours that things may stop. But it's very hard to see how that would happen. So many who have lost homes now. So many who have had to flee for their lives. We give you thanks for the people of Poland and all of the other neighbouring countries that are doing so much to make those refugees welcome, to give them a place to stay and food to eat, shelter from the weather, the warmth of human companionship and kindness. We pray that this will continue to be the experience of those fleeing from Ukraine as they step across the borders. But we're very aware that there are finite resources. And after a little while, there will be voices that will be saying different things. We pray, Father, that everyone in the neighbouring countries will be patient and that they will be thinking carefully about what might happen if they have to flee their country, if they had to suddenly leave, where would they go? Would they hope for a welcome? Let them be the welcome for these folk from Ukraine. And if there's anything that we can do, Father God, so far away, then wake us up to that and show us clearly and plainly. And help us to be willing to follow your prompting. We rejoice with the Ratcliffe family at the release of Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe. That was an unexpected piece of good news in these times of trouble. We are thankful, Father, for all those who have worked so tirelessly and for so long to continue to focus the attention of our country and other countries around the world on what had been done to her and to others like her. We don't know what happened to change the climate of distrust between our two nations. But we are aware that something did happen and things have changed. And we are thankful. We pray for all those who are unjustly held and pray that they too might be released soon. We give you thanks, Father, for the launch of St. Fried's Wines Church yesterday as a resourcing hub for the Church of England and the Diocese of Oxford. It was really lovely and encouraging uh, to be invited and to be a part of that.
to be representative to be represented at that meeting thank you for Catherine and for the others uh, who lead and for those who are looking outward to see how they might best be a help and a resource to other churches, other fellowships, and how they might have beneficial impact in the lives of those who live around us. We give you thanks too for Nudrat and for her appointment as the uh, community uh, organiser and uh, congregational development officer with St. Frideswides. We look forward to all that she's going to learn and all that she's going to share as the days unfold. We look forward, Lord, to the coming days and give you thanks for everything that will happen out of this building. We pray your blessing on the Botus Christian Fellowship Conference that meets here uh, next weekend on Saturday. We pray that uh, they'll have a really good time, a time of great blessing and joy as they meet together and share together in your name. Pray for our JCC meeting tomorrow and for the decisions that will be made in that place. And for all the Lent groups that continue to meet, some here and some elsewhere. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to learn more about you and to share together with friends. We gather up all of our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So, Jericho. Uh, at the time uh, of our reading, <clears throat> was a great city, great town. Herod the Great built a winter palace there uh, with ornamental gardens. It was famous for its palm and balsam groves. Uh, the sales of oils and fruits yielded very lucrative revenues. It was in the Jordan Valley, commanding the approach to Jerusalem about 15 miles away. Uh, and it was the guardian of two river crossings which gave access to lands to the east. It was a stopover for pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem. The Romans traded her dates and balsam far and wide. It was a significant strategic merchant city. This means it was one of the greatest taxation centres in Palestine. And Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. He was the top man. And he was the most hated man in the district. Zacchaeus, lost and alone. Wealthy, but not happy. 
His job makes him an outcast. Uh, He's despised and hated by his countrymen. He's regarded as a traitor and a collaborator. He's lost to his country. He's lost to his religion. He's not allowed in the synagogue. Uh, Even after retirement, he would not be allowed uh, back into the synagogue. He's outside of the covenant with God, or so the people think. He's outside of all sorts of things. Lost, lost to his country, lost to his religion, lost to God. All tax collectors were regarded as thieves. Um, You had to tender for this job. You had to put in a bid uh, to buy the franchise. So, you know, the Roman authority would be demanding a certain amount of tax. Then you would have to cover the cost of your bid uh, and you would have to collect the tax that was due. So chunk for the Romans, bit for you, and a bit to cover your costs. Hmm. No wonder he's not liked. No wonder he's not welcome. Well, of course, money doesn't buy you happiness, does it? But you can be miserable in comfort. Lots of people like that, you know, in our culture today. Lots of people like that. Stuck with loneliness and isolation. He might be lost and he might be alone, but he's heard of this Jesus and he's very curious about him. Determined to see him and he won't let anything stop him. And there are lots of obstacles in his way. Uh, We've already said he's not liked, so no one's going to help him. And he's a little fella. Now, I'm not the tallest man in the world, but there are, I mean, there are people shorter than me, but even I struggle sometimes in a crowd of people if I want to see what's going on. Um, very often, you know, I wish I'd got a box that I could stand on to see what's going on. Uh, no one's going to help him. He's a hated man, he's a short man. So what's he going to do? Well, it takes some courage, actually, for this man to be in a large crowd. Mixing with a crowd, trying to see Jesus, it's not going to work. So what does he do? He runs on ahead. He sort of works out roughly the route. Right, I'll get down the road and I'll get up that tree. I'll be able to see him from the, you know, with, within the canopy of the tree. Away from the crowd, hidden from them. I can be unobtrusive. I'll be able to see Jesus. And so it happens, although not quite like that. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So he might be lost, but he's found. He's found by Jesus. In the midst of the crowd, Jesus is aware of this individual. He's aware of his desire and aware of his need. And he meets him, even though he's hiding. God's awareness of us is absolute, even though we may want to hide. And there are times when we do 
want to and try to hide. But there's nowhere that you can go to escape from this Jesus. Zacchaeus is transformed by this encounter. Gladly, Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus to his house. What happened between them? What was said? What was the conversation like? Well, we don't know. The scripture is remarkably silent about those things. But we do know that Zacchaeus is a different man because of this encounter. The good people of Jericho are angry. They're upset. They're annoyed that Jesus should go to the house of this traitor. And there's all sorts of muttering going on. However, Zacchaeus is not the man that he was. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. If? If I've cheated anybody? He's a tax collector. Prior to this encounter with Jesus, of course he had cheated people. But to give back four times the amount is going well beyond what the law would require. Normally, it would be twice the amount. If someone had been robbed and the goods were not recoverable, the expectation is that you would pay over twice what they were worth. You would only ever pay over four times if there had been a deliberate and violent act to steal whatever it was that was stolen. Normally, you would be expected, after a voluntary confession, to offer voluntary restitution. So if you'd owned up to the fact that you nicked something, you would give it back. Or if you'd sold it, you would give back the money that you had made for it. So that's what would be necessary. So for Zacchaeus to say, if I have cheated anybody, here and now I will give back four times the amount, that's well over the top. Zacchaeus is transformed. The life of Zacchaeus is entirely turned around in this encounter with Jesus. And the story ends with these wonderful words. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Lost. That's Zacchaeus. Not damned, not doomed, just lost in the wrong place. Zacchaeus was lost and alone, but Jesus found him. What about you? Those of you that are here, those of you that are joining us through a screen, what about you? Are you lost? I can tell you now, you are not damned, you are not doomed. You may feel lost, you may feel alone, but Jesus comes to look. Jesus always comes to look for you. Will you be found 
Do you know anybody who's lost? Probably. Over my time as a minister, I've had lots of conversations with people who are desirous of friends or family coming to know Jesus as Lord. The encouragement is always to continue to pray. Pray for that person. Pray for an opportunity, maybe for you to say something. Pray for an opportunity to offer some act of kindness. Pray for an opportunity for conversation to open up so that you might say something about this Jesus who loves beyond measure and always looks for the lost. Jesus is looking. He's looking for us. If you're lost and alone, he is especially looking for you. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And when he finds you, your life will never be the same again. Amen. Let me pray for you. It's a lovely little story in Luke's Gospel. We sometimes lose the impact of it because we think about the little man. Today we think about the man who was lost and found. And some of us maybe are like him. Or maybe we know someone like him. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming to seek and to save what was lost. If we've been found by you already, we give you thanks. If we're still lost, well, we're here. That means we want to be found. Come and find us. Come and find us now. Amen. We'll sing together, and at the end of this song, we'll gather around the Lord's table. If you're able, please stand as we sing in Christ alone.
seated friends if you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbours, and resolve to lead a new life, following the commandments of God and walking henceforth in his holy ways, then draw near with faith and take this sacrament to your comfort and growth in grace. Come to this sacred table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. 
Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on heaven's rewards, but because in your frailty and sin, you stand in constant need of heaven's mercy and help. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He also said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them, and they with me. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs from under your table. But it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. This is what the Apostle Paul tells us concerning the institution of the Lord's Supper. For the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. We read that the Lord Jesus gave thanks for bread and for wine. We shall do the same. Let us pray. We are so thankful, Lord, that there are real, tangible things for us here. Bread to eat and wine to drink. Things to see, to taste and to touch. Reminds us that you were a real person and that your sacrifice was real. And in this season of Lent, as we look towards the passion and your cross, we are struck anew by your great love for us and for all that you have made. We're struck again by your willingness to be obedient to your Father's call and all for our sake. Lord Jesus, may we eat and drink with thankful hearts. Amen. We read that after he'd given thanks, the Lord took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. We shall eat the bread as we receive it.
glass broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink this, remember me. We retain the cup and drink together. shed for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. It is the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us so that we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We sing our closing hymn together before the throne 
of God above. If you're able, please stand. to the world with joy and peace and love and hope in your hearts, and the blessing of Almighty God, Creator, Redeemer and Sustainer, be with you all evermore. Amen.